Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Mark Quides, and I am joined by Link. Hello, Link. Hello. So it is just you and I this week. The dream team. The absolute goofball <laughs> dream team. Someone decided to uh, leave the recording doors open for us, and we just weaseled our way in here. And here we are. I'm going to tear it up. Somebody's going to come home to uh, a bunch of stuffing strewn about the house because we ate the couch. <laughs> that was a weird metaphor, but I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I have been doing some reading which is a shocker because I have not been doing a whole lot of reading. But this lately, I've been doing a little bit of reading. Um, I've been reading this book with my wife. It's called The Midnight Library. Um, I'm curious. Have you heard about it, Link? I have heard you mention it before, and I am very intrigued. Um, yes. I'm going to add it to my to my <laughs> extremely <laughs> long list of books I want to check out from the library. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's it's a book that um, it, it's got a weird writing style to it um, in terms of like how the chapters are laid out. Like one chapter is like, I miss my cat. That's literally the entirety of the this one chapter in particular. Um, and like a single line for uh, the yeah, chapter like a, or like, like a, a chapter worth of explaining how much they miss their cat. Like a single line. Oh, okay. Like, I'm tired, I really miss my cat, or something like that. And then the title is, the title of the chapter is something. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But it, it it scratches an itch that I've been, I've been wanting to scratch for a while. And that is um, the philosophical s- stuff behind it. So um, without doing a whole like no, no spoilers or anything for the book um but it in general the the basis of the book is um this woman her name is nora um she decides that she feels that the world would be sort of better off without her her life she's been kind of struggling and so she attempts to um take her own life and then she finds herself in this vast library and in this library all these books that are in there are actually all different variations of herself and they're all living different points of her life it goes into quantum it it talks about quantum physics and the idea that all different re- possible realities are happening all simultaneously. They're just obviously a little off and some things are a little different, but ultimately they're the same thing. And so she's navigating through this one book called The Book of Regrets, and it's all of her regrets that she's had throughout her entire life and trying to find a life that feels the like it's the right one for her. So basically she's almost like hijacking a different version of herself and experiences that life. And if she ultimately finds it to be disappointing, then she gets pulled back into the library and then she can find travel and try a new life and see how that works for her. Um, So it, it scratches that itch of like existentialism. And it's funny because Nora in her root life, as she calls it, um, she was a philosophy major so it talks a lot about different philosophers and different ideas of the self and of how you view your own life and i don't know i just thought it was really interesting what what do you what do you think about it link what do, what do you think about the idea of alternate realities or alternate versions of ourselves and the idea that they either are happening at the same time simultaneously with um along our life or the idea that maybe i i don't know in some way shape or form there's maybe a way that we could eventually see these alternate realities kind of like string theory well i think that 
the premise is very intriguing and I do like multiverse alternate reality stories where a character has the ability to examine their life through a different lens and I think that that's a fun <laughs> a fun little game to play <laughs> in your life um it can it can be uh beneficial in re-examining the way that you look at things and events and people in your life it can also be negative in that it becomes like a rumination thing where you're obsessing over stuff out of your control or out of the realm of possibility mm. um it's pretty contextual but i do think it's a it's a great premise for a book mm -hmm. yeah i i like how this book is really doing its best to be relatively subjective in terms of how Nora is sort of viewing both herself and her root life and these different lives of her own. Like when she jumps into a life, she has no memory of anything that happened prior to this point. Um, she's literally jumping in and is like, what's happening? What's going on? I have no idea what's going on. So like in one life, she decided that at one point in her life, she thought about being a glaciologist. So she jumps into this life. And then next thing you know, she opens her eyes and she's on a boat in the Arctic. And she's like, <laughs> what am I doing here? What's uh, all this? <laughs> I'm cold. And people are like expecting her to know things because in that life, that Nora knows things she's the she's a glaciologist it's her expedition and she has to try to play it off like she knows what she's talking about but she'll frequently ask questions of like what are you doing here again i'm sorry can you remind me about this thing this thing such and such and all these sorts of different things um and i don't know i just think it's it's an interesting topic to kind of think about and i know for I know it's something that's kind of been explored in other things as well. Like the most recent example I could think of is Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Mm -hmm. um, that takes it in a different route. Um, instead of it, like kind of being like string theory or in, I forgot how they worded it in the book, but they basically were saying it was like the idea of quantum physics and having them all overlap with each other. In this case, it was more along the lines of like, these different universes are coexisting, but they're not like overlapping in any way, shape or form. Um, and then you have um, America Chavez who can punch a star in, in, <laughs> in these, in these, in these universes and just be like, and I'm going to try this one out for size and see how it's like. Um, but I don't know if you had that opportunity to sort of examine either different universes or see different versions of link would you do it uh yeah i mean i think i would i think mostly from a curiosity standpoint rather than wanting to escape my current existence so much but you know the answer would be different if you asked me when i was 16 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think that i think that that's very intriguing i think the idea of being able to see the what ifs of your lifetime and getting to examine that but i do think like there is something that i find like terrifying about like that that idea of like my consciousness jumps into another version of myself but it, like they disappear and I'm in their place and being having to figure out like, oh God, what are the rules here? Like that <laughs> sounds very scary, very anxiety provoking. Uh, <laughs> I would still probably do it just like, again, like I says, like the curiosity is is high on that. But um, yeah, the idea of uh, jumping in is like, oh, in um, this version, I'm um, 
what I wanted to be a, a veterinarian when I was a child. Very original, I know. Um, <laughs> it's like the idea of like popping in. It's like, oh, you have an appointment to take care of this animal and be like, um, I can pet it and give it a little kiss on its forehead, but healthcare for this animal? That's, I don't know how to do that. People are expecting me to know how to do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm not far enough in the book. I know I'm, I'm like still in the middle of it. So I don't know if like she eventually learns how to like essentially fake it till you make it. But yeah, that's that's one of the things where I'm like when she like jumps into these worlds, I'm like, are you, are you like there's a couple of them when she jumps in and then she makes an absolute fool of herself um, and just makes herself look like a, like she's totally embarrassed. Um <laughs> And I know for me, like, I, I think I would be in the same boat of, like, if I had the opportunity, I I think I totally would want to see what the different me's are doing and accomplishing in their lives. Um, but at the same time, I would be absolutely terrified. Like, um, like I wanted to be a meteorologist when I was a kid. That's, now, really that's original. That's I know, really right? I, <laughs> I used to watch, the, I would watch the Weather Channel, like, all the time um <laughs> i just want to wear a smart suit in front of a big green screen come on I'm, yeah or i wanted to be the people that like chased i wanted to be a storm chaser so i wanted to like chase the the tornadoes and the storms and like document those things i always thought that was so cool so i could imagine if i were to step into a version of myself in the middle of one of those storms i would be freaking the hell out mm -hmm. i'd be like oh my god what am Too i doing scary. here like i thought this looked good in, in theory but um i'm gonna take a hard pass on this i have no idea what i'm doing i just want to get away where it's nice and safe the wind bye <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i definitely think i would prefer taking on a an invisible watching figure and just get to bear witness and not have to participate which i think probably does say something about me <laughs> i don't know if i want to delve into it but um yeah i think the <clears throat> the pressure of having to become a version of myself that isn't me in my lived experience but has all these expectations placed upon them and having to suss that out through context of what's around me and what do I think that these people would expect from me and that sounds uh, like level 100 social anxiety <laughs> <laughs> oh. which, which is honestly pretty funny because I do not get embarrassed easily like it, it is hard like but the <laughs> having to grapple with like oh no these people have expectations of me and it's not just regular life where i'm trying to like suss out what people's expectations of me it's got a whole extra layer of like i'm also not the person that they have the expectations upon but i am embodying their space it's like that extra layer be like oh no <laughs> oh my god <sighs> I'm just imagining like if I like in in one chapter of the book she is like a, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer and she's supposed to go in front of a university and do a TED talk a live TED talk oh. and I'm just imagining like if I oh. were to step into myself and I'd have to give a TED talk about something and I'm like I have no idea what I just did. Like I have, I have no idea what I did. I have no idea what this, what this version of me has gone through. I don't know what this TED talk is even about. You're like <laughs> turning around. And you're like, is there a PowerPoint I can just read? Is it? How do I? What do I do? What am I talking about? Oh God! Everybody's looking at me. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, even if you did have a PowerPoint, how would you know? You don't know if you do have a PowerPoint what if, or not. What if the alternate version of you is really bad at making PowerPoints? God, what a nightmare! <laughs> <laughs> no organizational skills and doesn't know how to make a powerpoint <laughs> this alternate that's my reality so alternate dimension version of link who isn't good at powerpoint no <laughs> <laughs> that's the evil me i guess uh <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> oh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um it's it's definitely something that I've I've always sort of thought about even growing up as a kid of like I wonder like I'm sure everybody always has those moments where they're like, I wonder what if, like, what if I had, like you said, you wanted to, be, you ended up becoming a vet instead of becoming the host for this amazing podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if, you know, you decided out of nowhere at one life, you were an ice skater and you were at the Olympics doing ice skating. That would be quite a swerve. Um, nope. Yeah. Yeah. I guess... Like, there's certainly the, like, intriguing aspect of, like, how have I changed? But I think I would also be really interested in how, like, my social groups have changed, how the world around me is different. I would be pretty interested in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... And I think that also brings up the the idea of l sort of learning to be appreciative of the life that you do have currently. Like, yeah, you could have been a vet, but instead you're here rocking out with me. And I could have, I could be out chasing a storm right now. And instead here I am wanting to, to make a difference and... I'm slowly learning and mastering the ways that is geek therapy. And it's great. I I think that the path that I ultimately chose for myself is one that I am satisfied with. And I know that for a lot of people, it's not always like that. But I wonder that if someone who wasn't satisfied with their life and how it turned out, whether it was stuff within their control or out of their control, if they had that ability, I wonder if that would cause them to have a newfound appreciation for the life that they do have. Because for all they know, they could hop into a life that where they thought things were going to be different. And instead, they achieved what it is that they sought to achieve, but it wasn't worth it or... Um, it just wasn't quite what they expected it to be, you know? Yeah. That is that is frequently, like, the backbone of those kinds of stories, whether they're body switching or timeline jumping or what have you, is ultimately looking inward and expressing gratitude towards who you are and what has gotten you to that point, which I think is a really important type of story and why it keeps getting told over and over again is because people do need to be reminded about that it's it's so easy to get in the weeds about like well if this situation had been different then my whole life would be different and I would be different and things would be better and all this stuff sorry um and ultimately you know through some sort of adventure coming to the conclusion of like actually what what I have and what I have experienced is meaningful because it happened to me because I experienced it um mm -hmm. so yeah that that kind of storytelling comes up a lot I'm trying to think of some other examples I haven't what's the name of that show I gotta Google it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I do. When, when I was thinking about this, because I I remember thinking about this as a potential topic for like a couple weeks ago, um, when we first started, when I first started reading this book with my wife, and um, a random, fairly odd parents episode came to my head, and. It, it sort of follows a similar premise of of the Midnight Library, although like there's obviously no like um, reality hopping. Um, but I uh, but like Timmy makes a wish that he had never been born because he wants to see and and he thinks that the world would be worse off without him. Um, but in reality, like everybody's lives are actually better. And mm -hmm. he's with like Jorgen and he's like going through it. So he's like a little fly on the wall. Like he's invisible. 
and it's ultimately showing that like he thinks that like oh man there has to be somebody's life who is miserable or is is worse because i'm not around um and it gets to the point where they are trying to determine no in fact then now you're going to get thrown into this fiery pit that all the other children who'd wish they'd never been born and made the world better actually go um but then he ultimately finds Tootie, um, Vicky's little sister, is actually worse off without him. And he's like, th- that one person whose life is negatively impacted because of his non existence is worth everything. And then now he's, and then that's how he's able to come back and, and be fine as if he never left. But it's one of those things where uh, you're taking a look within and examining your own life. Um, because obviously this book does touch on suicide and thinking that the world would be better off without you or without you in it simply because you might feel that the decisions you've made or the decisions that were made for you ultimately did not lead, lead to a satisfying life. Um, but taking that time and, 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 and self-reflecting and examining how things could be different they for all you know a different decision may have led to a better outcome but ultimately you don't know that and being grateful that you do have the life that you do that you have and while the decisions in the past you can't really change those you can change how you can view those memories or view those decisions and how you want to move forward into the future I think that's always like the emotional outcome is realizing like the way that you see it is what ultimately is most impactful more so than any individual event that happens is like how how do you frame it within your life and who you are and who you want to be and who you are becoming um it, it's very much about the way that we frame our experiences inside our own heads and the you know the conflict that arises from that when faced with other people's frames for how they see an event and being like oh shit i didn't even i didn't even think about it that way at all mm-hmm. and having that be like a jumping off point of being like yeah it's all fucking made up like you can choose to reframe this in a way that benefits your life and benefits the people around you and isn't uh terribly depressing (laughs) (laughs) yeah or or even letting other people's frame sort of influence how you choose to frame it um because one person can choose to harbor a grudge or to frame things in a negative viewpoint and blame you for something that very well may not have been in your control or they choose to blame you and they didn't fully understand the circumstance or the context of how the event was framed to to you as an individual and if you let sort of that stuff weigh on you then that changes how you view things um like in the book nora one of a friend of hers blames her for him not ended up ending up becoming a successful musician because she was in a band and she ultimately decided to quit the band and without her the band couldn't get off because she was the songwriter she was the singer uh the keyboardist um i i forget what else she, i i think that's what she all she did but she was a, a pivotal member and she just decided to leave for her own mental health and then and this is like very in the very beginnings of the book but like yeah this guy blames her for his failure as a musician and him not being able to afford a newspaper or something and she lets that affect her she lets that weigh her down um and ultimately pushes her towards um you know making the decision that she chooses to make in the beginning of the book think that is such a good metaphor for the way that we let other people 
frame our stories, especially pertaining to like young childhood, right? You don't have long-term memory. You don't remember, most people don't remember anything before like age four or five. And even then it's only like major events, usually something traumatic. Um, But you get told stories about when you were a baby and a toddler and a young child and in school. And those stories shape your understanding of who you are. And it takes a long time to realize like those were stories told to you. They're not some inarguable truth. It's Mm -hmm. It's a story that somebody told you. Pieces of it may be absolutely true provable evidence available (laughs) but um it's from their perspective it's not your experience and you are just hearing about it and choosing to take that in as part of your own story or not um i think that part of growing up is starting to unpack that aspect because when you're a kid up into teenagehood it's like not even a question of that's something that can be unpacked. It's like, mm-hmm. that's just the truth. That is what happened. That's what mom and dad told me. That's what grandma told me. Like, that's true. And then you get a little older and you're like, well, well, okay. I've noticed <laughs> that my grandma really likes to exaggerate stories. And so I wonder in which ways this story has been exaggerated. Because it mm. almost certainly has. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Both because it's a little unbelievable, but also because, like, that's your MO, and also because, like, it makes for better story. Like, ultimately, the stories that we hear over and over again, they get told because they're good stories, and a good story requires certain elements. And mm-hmm. so people will latch onto that part. Um and that's the part that gets remembered because human memory is garbage. Something we always say here on GT Radio, human memory is garbage. So uh, I do I do think that these multiverse stories and, and uh, body swapping stories are grappling with, with those ideas and those experiences of how we unpack the stories we tell about ourselves and what we believe about ourselves and our experiences and how they shape who we are and who it's possible for us to become and um sometimes that's spot on and sometimes it's uh really not Mm -hmm. exactly and you know in in my last job um when i would be working with um my residents my the kids um i often try to I, I often use this as sort of like a, a metaphor for how they view themselves and, and how they want to reframe their frame their life moving forward. Um, I would always say, like, imagine that your entire existence is like a, a painting. It's a puzzle. It's a giant quilt. It's something. Um, it could be whatever they want it to be. Now... I want I would tell them to to visualize this and then I would say like imagine that you find a single person it could be your best friend could be your mom dad whoever someone that they really trust and you tell that person every single thing about you like they basically have seen your entire existence from birth up until this current moment of which I'm speaking to them and they can experience everything in the exact same way that you've experienced it. They're there with you. And ultimately, in the end, they could do all of that and know every tiny little thing about you. They could be in your brain and know every single thought that you've had. And when you look at the painting, the puzzle, whatever, all they're going to see is a small little corner of that entire puzzle because the only person that's going to know the entire thing is you as the individual, because it doesn't matter how they see the things or how they hear what you tell them. It's all going to be how through their own interpretations of what you are saying. Yeah. So, and I mean, you see this with, with siblings when they grow up in the exact same environment, experience the exact same things, <laughs> and they both have very different outcomes. Um, 
and 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 they choose to be and they become two completely different people because they chose to interpret the events in different manners even if they experienced it in the exact same way and so for them it's like this identity picture that you've created for yourself this mosaic whatever no one's ever going to know the full picture and also you can change it you can you can if it's a painting you can take a bucket of white paint and just toss it all over that canvas and start completely fresh that's you you can choose how you want to reframe these things and how you choose to examine your own choices and you can choose to either let some of these other choices your regrets that you have be a big piece or a big part of the of the painting or picture or you can choose to make it something smaller and change it rework it reframe it so you can put it in conjunction with something else and turn it into a completely different picture one that might be more pleasing to you as an individual um but that's like a way for them to kind of take take it in uh take their their life in through introspection and self-reflection and sort of gaining a newfound appreciation for the life that they do have despite whatever circumstances they may have came from yeah that's good shit mm. that, that I, I like i like that you stuff. i like that you go towards the the visualization of of art of a mosaic or uh, a puzzle i think i think that's really poetic and i think that says something about you <laughs> yeah if i can't visualize things but i certainly hope they can <laughs> listen i can't do it but at least you can for me um no it's always funny because i i, I specifically wait to use the mosaic one for when they say that they feel broken or they feel like their whole Ooh, life is shattered yeah. or gone because yum, i yum, can yum. say like yeah because you know it's, it's a mosaic like well broken things can make very beautiful meaningful impactful art yeah you can you can stare at this 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 broken pile of, of tile or glass or whatever it is you can choose to stare at that broken pile and just leave it or you can pick up the pieces and put them together and make something new um you can if you find a a piece and it's like your a regret that you have and it's a pretty big piece guess what you can just break it in half you can break <laughs> it up break it down some more just to focus on the smaller, smaller pieces and now it's not as big and you can disperse it so now it's not all together in one spot instead it's spread out because it's integrating itself into different aspects of your personality and your life and how you want to view it and now it's something much more uh aesthetically pleasing to them um of course that that's how they choose to to reframe their life um but obviously they're it's up to them I, th I so. yeah I mean I think that that's that's the empowering aspect is is getting people to realize like you there are so many things in life you don't have any control over that you just have to persevere through because it is out of your control or very limited control but the way that you view those experiences that is in your control and that is what you have power over and that realization can uh that can be an ongoing realization <laughs> where you have to keep having that realization um over and over again but that can also be like one big aha moment for people that just have this moment of being like oh i get to choose how important this thing is in the mosaic of my life i get to choose where it it shows up and how i value it um is it yeah it's yeah. it's nice it's nice exactly it's like um it's like you're looking at yourself and it's like oh wow it, it's me i'm the captain i'm the captain now. <laughs> i'm the captain now i'm the captain now <laughs> i am in control of this ship i'm the one that decides where i want to go um I mean, yeah, the next I, layer there is realizing that applies to literally every person and uh, then battling against the urge to constantly try and tell people like, hey, that thing that you're really worked up about, like, don't, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that could be a little condescending. Maybe don't, don't just say that. 
<laughs> yeah, like it, it's important to remember that while you are the captain of your own ship, don't try to. This isn't bumper cars, all right. Don't be nudging <laughs> your ships against other people's ships, all right. They have their own stuff. You just the important thing is you you coast along with them. And if you find that they're going into some waters that you're not the most comfortable with, you can sail away. You can just sashay away, you know, and, and go with another another current, another flow, you know? I, d- I don't know how we got on sea metaphors, but here we are. Ahoy. Ahoy there, mateys. <laughs> we got our uh, flags flying and we're just, we're cruising down the sea of self-discovery and self-identity. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Orphan Black was the show I was trying to remember before, which has like mm. clones and one of one of the women takes over the life of the, anyways, I, I don't I haven't watched enough of the show to fully extend out that metaphor, but that is the show I was thinking of earlier, Orphan Black. It's cool. Check oh. it out. Tatiana Maslany is a powerhouse. Um, <laughs> but a uh, an example I can expand on further is I have been watching the current season of Dimension 20, which is called Never After, and it is sort of like dark fairy tale themed, and the main thrust of what is happening is that the six adventurers are all playing as like popular myth myth characters story characters there's pinocchio and sleeping beauty and little red riding hood and others um and uh the way that the story is unfolding (laughs) Great show, highly recommended. I like Dropout TV a lot. It, I, to me, the subscription fee is worth it. But I think you can get a free month trial to check it out. Um, but they, <laughs> their first big, uh, it, it, it's a tabletop role playing game that they are playing. And in their first big fight, um, they all died, and it was uh, real emotionally heavy for everybody because they were like, um, what the fuck? We all just died. And because they are, one, playing a game, and uh, two, they are based on these, you know, extremely well-known story characters and and myth characters, they uh, reincarnate in, like, different versions of their story, which when you think about, like, you know, the Little Mermaid or uh, Cinderella is like, there's, you know, 80 versions of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's them grappling with the ways in which their story has changed and how to move forward in this new space that they're in and what kind of power and control do they have over their own stories. I think um, Sleeping Beauties is very interesting. Um, in that she's coming from a story where she had no agency. Like the story of Sleeping Beauty, like she <laughs> passes the fuck out <laughs> and then wakes up is like, I got a husband. Cool. It's like nothing to do with any actions that she takes or any choices she makes. Things just happen to her. And so watching um, uh, Siobhan play as her and, and sort of grappling with the like, well, like, I'm not, like, I don't want to totally ditch everything because I still kind of want to believe in the idea of true love and how, like, magical that can be. But I also would like to have agency in my life. And is it possible to have a story with both of those things in it? Or is this romantic true love idea that I have so deeply tied to the concept of destiny and therefore a lack of control over it is it therefore i must completely reject that aspect in order to have any sort of control over my story Mm -hmm. um i think they're doing some really cool stuff in there um i'm I'm real into it but very much sort of circling around on like understanding the events that happen to them and the way that they react to it and how in different versions of the story it's different and how is it different and why is it different and why did those differences matter and are they good differences are they worse (laughs) um and it's it's good stuff it's good stuff 
Ooh. The idea of having slight variations um, of basically the same events, it, it kind of gets me thinking a little bit. This, this is a little bit of an oldie, but I started thinking about it as you were talking. Um, it's, I would argue it's sort of loosely related because it, it's more so like us as, as a, as an individual or as a player, it's something that we're doing, even though like, obviously in, in the game itself, it's not really like that. But I was thinking like the telltale games and as a player, oh, yeah, you make choices that have an impact in the story that ultimately leads to the outcome at the end. But as a player, you can also choose to go back to the very beginning of the episode or of the entire series and make different choices and see how that would play out in a different... You, you can imagine it almost as a different world where instead of choosing to spare this person, you, you leave them. Or um, instead of choosing to lash out at somebody, you instead try to approach it rationally. And as a player, you can say, well, this is an alternate reality. Like, I may have my my canon, my my root world, where these are the choices that I made and I'll stick with it. And also, I wanted, I want to see what it would be like in these alternate worlds, these alternate realities of what if I had made these different choices. And you can explore that and see how that might have made the story a little different. Um, I know that that kind of goes with a lot of these games that have like good endings, bad endings, <laughs> um, true endings. That's, that's uh, such a good pull. Uh, Telltale Games. It, that was that was a great pull, Mark. Um, yeah, I I played through the Walking Dead set, the first set, and then I played a little bit of the Fables one and a little bit of the Game of Thrones one. Um, mm. I didn't get very far on either of those two because my the computer I had at the time <laughs> stopped working. Um, seems to be a theme happening for me. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite things about the the Walking Dead one, like when it first came out, is it had the um, at the end of each chapter it would show you what choices you made and compare it to people on your like xbox friends list or whatever and that was mm -hmm. so cool to see like right when the game came out because you got to see people's like first choice like they don't have any uh outside knowledge of what what's gonna happen it's literally just following their gut about which option to choose and getting to see the sort of similarities between you and, and people you're friends with and then getting to see like global percentage choices was very interesting. But then it was very funny because, you know, a couple months later, everybody's replaying and choosing the other things because they want to see, you know, you want to see all the content. It's a game. I want to see all the game. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting to watch those, uh, <laughs> those percentile bars all sort of even out to about 50-50 for all of the dual choices um except for a couple of things which i always found really funny is like there's always one character where like everybody sort of unanimously agrees like we are not killing that character how dare mm -hmm. you even offer up this option i will never choose to let them die <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. um but i I, th I always thought that that was like the coolest part of the telltale games is that it had that thing where it showed you what choices you made one i think that's fun to have that sort of reflection moment in a game built in but also then compare it to other people's choices and get to see the ways in which like your values get expressed in the way that you play games and how that reflects on your social circles um i think that's that's really cool stuff that was a good pull dude yeah oh uh, i I personally never played any of the Telltale games, but I remember when The Walking Dead set came out, there was a YouTuber that I, I really enjoyed watching and I really enjoyed his content. So I watched him play through it. Mm -hmm. And so his choices that he made, there were so many times when I was like, how dare you do this thing? 
<laughs> but at the same time, I was like, well, this is this is the universe I chose, so I have to stick with it. I have to follow through with it. And I almost didn't want to go and watch other people's playthroughs, or I almost didn't want to go and watch all the different options because I was like, no, 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 this this is my universe. This is the universe I chose. I have to stick with it. I can't go and, and change my mind because if I see something and I wanted that choice or it turns out to be a better choice, I don't want that because then I'm going to be going back to the universe that I chose and it's going to be no bueno to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, you, you horrible person. How <laughs> dare you leave this person to die? I know he was kind of a jerk, but he was going to be really useful. Yeah. But I I like to think of those games or really any sort of game that, that gives you choices that ultimately impact the main storyline as a chance for you to be able to replay them in a different way um, to sort of, yeah, you see more of the content of the game, but also you get to see, you can choose to frame it as like an alternate reality where different choices could lead to drastically different outcomes or different choices might produce a similar outcome or a more neutral one. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's uh, the unfortunate truth is in video games, generally speaking, majority of the choices don't matter. Like there isn't a meaningful difference between the choices. It's just the fact that you have to make a choice that is meaningful mm -hmm. and doing replays does often reveal like you see behind the curtain so to speak and it's like oh it didn't matter which thing i chose in this extremely high emotional moment because either way the same thing happens immediately after but you don't know that the first time you're playing so that's when the emotions are most impactful and when mm -hmm. the the choices are the most meaningful yeah i and it would get to a point where whenever any game presented me with an option, I almost felt the need to have to pause it because I'm like, no, no, no. I need to see, does this impact my story? <laughs> does this choice matter? Because I need to, I need to know. And I did that a whole lot with um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, because I want, I when I play Assassin's Creed, I want to make sure that I always get the true ending. So I will inevitably spoil some of the game for myself in the in the um, drive to get the true ending or the ending that I find the most satis satisfying to to me. Um, but that also, also then leads me to have to spend a lot more time in the game because I'm pausing mm -hmm. every single time to be like, does this choice matter? Does this choice matter? Oh no, it doesn't matter what I say here. Oh, I can just choose to be a dick to this person because I don't really care for his character, and ultimately, whatever I say has no has no meaning. Or it could be like, no, 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 what I say here will matter because this person will then know that either a I'm lying to them, or b they're going to find out that I lied to them, and it's going to create consequences later on. So, yeah, I remember. Um... I play I played a lot of hours of the original Mass Effect and when Mass Effect 2 came out I was really upset that like Liara wasn't on your squad anymore and so like I'm like googling like are there choices I can make that makes Liara come back I miss my wife <laughs> um but yeah yeah Game games are very interesting. I I do I think that that is definitely like a powerhouse medium for exploring these sort of alternate choices and getting to play in that space of like finding out how small choices can make differences and how you contextualize those events and what kind of importance you give those choices in the moment versus when whatever consequence happens, how you look back on it and frame it in like, oh, I just mashed buttons because I was like bored of the cutscene, but it turned out like that was really important. And now I'm going to have to like try and tell a story that fits the emotionality of that experience. So it's like not literally just I mashed buttons. It's like, okay, well, no, I chose that because and sort of rationalize the situation to create a cohesive story within it. It's like, that's fun practice. Like that's, that's good shit. 
And that can absolutely be a skill that you practice in video games and then use to apply to your own experiences in the way that you think about choices that you have made and how important they were in the moment or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, looking I, back I, on all the bad shit in your life and be like, actually, those choices didn't matter at all because the next cutscene <laughs> was going to undo that whole thing anyways, regardless of what I chose. So actually, it's fine and I'm fine. You know, I that's that's a that's a fancy way to put it. You know, any bad choice you make in your life, you're like, you know what? I was just mashing buttons at that time. I was just I was just trying to I was just trying to skip the cutscene, and I I accidentally clicked the wrong choice. You know, it it happens. The deep humanistic truth is that we are all moving through life, just mashing buttons, dog. We're doing our best, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're we're not paying attention because our hot pocket just beeped in the microwave. We gotta go get it. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's been beeping. It beeped twice already, and your mom's gonna yell at you for leaving it in there for too long. So go get you're, just, you're just, just trying to. You're buttons. just trying to get. You're just trying to get to the to the good parts. Get to the next uh, checkpoint. <laughs> and then you accidentally say something, and it makes somebody mad, and you're like, "Well, I was mashing oops. buttons." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just mashing buttons earlier. What? Uh, yeah. Ex- yep. Exactly. <laughs> Oh. Hmm. oh man um any any sort of final final thoughts link i i'm i feel quite satisfied with this yeah, conversation I, I think we did okay just the two of us maybe we didn't totally yeah. destroy the couch just uh a single throw pillow we just, i'm really we just sticking to this pillow. this destructive dog <laughs> metaphor i'm really hung up on that um <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm intrigued to check out that book. I, I think it'll be cool. And I hope that our listeners recommend some of their own favorites, most mind bending versions of this kind of story of, uh, multiverses, body swapping, what have you, the, the ability to see what if it was different um mm-hmm. so yeah share share that in our uh on our forums or on the discord facebook twitter all the spaces any, they're any in the good show philosophy notes. stuff oh hell yeah i i'm i'm a sucker so please plant the trail and i will gladly follow mm. Mm. this is this is this was a good conversation okay. i i'm thoroughly thoroughly pleased with with how this turned out I was I was big noivous. <laughs> we did okay, <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. We, we did it, everybody. Mashed buttons, but in a way that was cool. <laughs> we mashed buttons and we uh, executed a flawless combo. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Look, Mortal Mortal Kombat references now. Look at us. Look at us go. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, as link said um feel free to connect with us on the forums or on the discord links to all that will be in the show notes um remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week Mm, bye geek therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture to learn more about our mission and become a supporter visit geektherapy.org 